Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Scouts podcast, episode number 33. I am your host, Chad Workman, joined by fellow scouts Sam Ehrman and Andrew Woodruff. Today on the show, we are going to cover some unfortunate news that we would rather not, but there are a few offenses we need to discuss in the wake of injuries and uh, public events that occurred. So we're going to talk about a few different offenses around the NFL Saints, Titans, Raiders, and we're going to play a little buy, sell, or hold. We want to talk about some players who have been struggling up to this point in the season. What should you be doing with those players? Should you be trying to buy them, sell them, hold them? And in the meantime, head on over to patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts. Subscribe to our Patreon there. Mention it every week, but we've got tons of tons of daily content coming out. Uh, I think the waiver wire show or waiver wire article dropped today. So head on over there, check that stuff out. Um, let's get into the show. to start with some unfortunate news uh, before we get into kind of the 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 Titans and the the injury situation with Derrick Henry and obviously uh, Jameis Winston and the Saints offense. We need to talk about those offenses, but um, today Henry Ruggs was involved in a very serious car accident. Um, It it appears that he's going to be out for a long time. I don't know how else to put it. Um, he's going to be in a lot of trouble and we're not here to talk about that aspect. Of course, we, you know, feel sorry for, for everybody that was involved and wish them nothing but the best, but we are here to talk about it, um, from a fantasy standpoint. And even though that's, uh, unfortunate and it's a little, you know, it feels almost like too soon to be talking football with this going on regarding Henry Ruggs, the Raiders are going to continue to play football. So, we need to talk about this offense and how it's going to look without Henry Ruggs. So, Sam, I want to start with you. Obviously, everybody knows you love Brian Edwards. Um, this isn't a great way to to have it happen, but of course, he's you know probably going to see a boost. And I know Deshaun Jackson was released today, so I think there's probably a good chance that the Raiders take a look at him. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's uh, really unfortunate. Um, he was starting to break out, started to look good, but I don't think he comes back on the football field anytime soon, if ever. Um, minimum of two years in jail. So whenever that happens, apparently. Um, don't drink and drive. Um, there's no excuse. Um, I think he probably got drunk with his girlfriend, was like, oh, you want to go speed racing? And and then T-boned that car, and that was all she wrote. Um Moving forward, I think every wide receiver in Vegas gets a bump. Um, I it, I don't know who it'll be like long term, um, whether it's Henry or Hunter Renfro or Brian Edwards. Um, I think everybody's obviously going to get that volume uptick, but some weeks it may vary on who the defense covers and stuff. Um, 
So obviously more work coming Brian Edwards way, uh, Hunter Renfro's way, and probably Zay Jones way, um, along with obviously Darren Waller. Um, I don't really expect Kenyon Drake's role to change, nor um, Josh Jacobs. They didn't really involve them too much the past game. They've done decently with Drake that last game, but not a whole lot. Um, boy, this really sucks, but I will be curious to see how Derek Carr handles this because – for fantasy purposes, Derek Carr was getting like an extra six points a game from one long bomb for Henry Ruggs. Um, I don't know how you're going to get that now. I mean, you're maybe right. Maybe they do get D-Jax, but um, I'm not optimistic until then. I think Derek Carr will lose some value. And I say that because, like, that's the upside. Henry Ruggs was his upside toy. I mean, one throw would give you, like, you know, obviously a big chunk. Um, that's what Henry Ruggs was. So I think Derek Carr might lose a little bit of upside. I think he'll still have a pretty sturdy floor. Um, I think Brian Edwards finally breaks out. Um, it's not the way I wanted it to be, and I think it's disheartening, and it's incredibly sad to see the situation. But, I mean, we got to roll with the punches, and I think Brian Edwards is, you know, going to be the biggest winner along with Hunter Renfro and probably Zay Jones. Andrew, what do you, what do you make of this offense going forward? I mean, it's just, it's really tough. Like the news was very shocking and like just thinking about how tragic that was. But I mean, when you just, you look at the Raiders, I honestly think Renfro is going to be the biggest help out of this because now defenses are going to have to focus on two certain aspects, which would be Brian Edwards on the outside. You can bracket him and then focus in on Waller whenever Waller's healthy and back in the middle of the field working around. So I think Renfro out in the slot is actually going to see just a slight uptick in the targets, maybe taking a few more of those uh, deep shots instead of going to rugs. Now we're sitting there just checking it down, you know, third and Renfro, keep that chains moving. I uh, wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if even the running backs got a little bit more touches. But, Sam, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I hadn't even thought about Derek Carr, but his appeal was already dropping some because of this offense, how it was. And now if you don't get those deep shots every so often with a few breaking for you for touchdowns, I think he's dropping to that back end of the QB2 chain at this point. Darius Butler said something really interesting on the Pat McAfee show Monday. I never thought about football like this as from a defensive perspective. And he goes, um, you know, with offense, you know, defense, you're out there and most plays go your way. I mean, there's a lot of back and forth going back and forth, you know, a lot of times you win your, you know, you win your job on defense. Like nobody knows that, but there's only about two or three plays on every game that changed the game. And those are when you have to prevent them. And Henry Ruggs was that two or three games. Like he was not heavily involved um, with like volume, but he was, man, if you give that, I mean, the dude can fly, you get him out in the open field and he's trouble. And I know this is not, this is not in a time nor a place nor podcast, but I have a Madden franchise with the Raiders right now that I've been enjoying. And I've started to like, kind of understand like how, the, you know, Henry Ruggs was beneficial to that offense just on a deeper level. And now like, I'm going to go on my franchise and cut him and figure it out. Um, and that's what the Raiders are going to have to do. Um, it's not a good situation, but this stuff happens. People make stupid decisions. The kid is young. Um, Still no excuse in this day and age. Um, I mean, Uber, Lyft, text, there's no excuse in my opinion. Yeah, I think you make a good point about 
car. I mean, not that it's surprising, but Ruggs was number two in a dot number 12 in deep targets, uh, number three in yards per reception. I mean, clearly the downfield threat in this offense and they don't have anybody like that. That's why I mentioned D Jacks. Um, I, I mean, I don't know of any other receivers that are out there at this point, especially with the trade deadline passing. I know they let John Brown go a little while ago, but he's, he's aging. So I think it's gotta be D if they want to bring in somebody who can stretch the field. Uh, maybe we start to see Waller get those, you know, 15 target games again uh, that seemed like kind of escaped him as of late. So I don't know. Do you think, I know you mentioned him, Andrew, he's going to get a lot of attention. Do you guys think that it's a potential boost for Waller with maybe getting some target share back or, or do you see it as kind of a downside, just getting more attention? I mean, I think it's a mix of both, honestly, like you can get some more targets, but yeah, you're going to have to beat coverage just a little bit better every single time now because again that's just a big dynamic of the offense that's just now missing I don't have to worry about being the opposite field side safety and having a freaking guy fly by me for a shot at a post anymore like I can actually play up and pay attention to where the heck is Darren Waller moving to and I mean the offense like I said I'm I'm honestly expecting the running backs to start seeing a little bit more of this work because of it because this team's already in change. You already lost your head coach recently. And so you're already in the mix of changing that up. Now you're losing another piece of your offense like that. Like I can see this offense becoming much more of a dink and dunk type offense. No more vertical stretching the field anyway. So I don't know. It's, that's a tough situation. Yeah, it is. I, I really feel for this team and what they've been through. I want to end year. it with – like my tweet that I tweeted out earlier that's going viral um, in like Raider Nation. Um, I think Henry Ruggs news is incredibly sad. Uh, the Raiders have been through a lot this season. Um, Ruggs, Ruggs isn't coming back. Uh, Waller, Edwards, and Renfro have to step up. And I think if Derek Carr can lead the Raiders to the playoffs, in my opinion, it'd be one of the greatest regular seasons in NFL history. To lose your head coach and one of your star wide receivers without calls, without his up to update or anything, um, especially the coach, I think is pretty impressive. So that's that's just kind of what I want to end that with. Maybe some positive upside, I guess. There you go. Yeah, that's that would be uh, impressive if Carr can lead them to the playoffs. But let's shift gears to the Tennessee Titans. We talked last week on the show, Andrew. You were uh, on the football field coaching, but yeah, Sam myself and Matt, we, we talked about Derrick Henry's value. I believe it was last week and uh, maybe it was two weeks ago, but either way, just about like his immense value and just what he was doing on the field and how at this point, like you couldn't even like trade him. You just kind of had to like enjoy this greatness that was happening and watch the, watch the ride and enjoy it. And now obviously that, that comes to an end likely for the season um, there's a lot of questions with the Titans offense. And I think I've, I've seen a lot of AJ Brown wide receiver one season, you know, tweets and, and things like that. I, I mean, he could certainly get a boost in targets that's, and you know, that would be welcomed. I do wonder a little bit 
about just the non-threat of running. And, and, you know, they bring in Adrian Peterson. So for those who, you know, didn't know, Adrian Peterson will be the new Derrick Henry in this offense, most likely. But just the the pure threat of Derrick Henry made that play-action game so special. And Ryan Tannehill is really good off play-action. And A.J. Brown's patented, you know, crossing pattern, post pattern over the middle after a play action that would just suck the defense up. I worry a little bit about that not being, you know, just heavily utilized in this offense. So I guess I'm a little torn on, on, on it from an AJ Brown perspective. Uh, Obviously you're crushed if you lost Henry, but I'm a little torn on how I feel about it with AJ Brown. Obviously they'll get Julio back and we'll see if Adrian Peterson has anything left in the tank, but I'm curious what you think, Sam, about just, I mean, this offense as a whole and, and kind of what they do next, but are you worried or excited for, well, you know, AJ Brown? I think you have to be worried until you see it. And I was thinking about this earlier and I'm probably going to get crushed for this, but it doesn't matter. So obviously, um, Henry's out. So you're going to think, you know, the passing game goes up. Um, it doesn't matter what the, like, he can't be a wide receiver one if they're not on the field sustaining drives. And they have not shown the ability to do that without the running game. So I want to see them winning. Like, I want to see them be able to move the ball before I get excited about AJ Brown. Because if you go three and out every drive, boy, it doesn't matter what the target share is if you're three and out and you get seven targets in a game. You know, like, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't think that's going to be the case, and I think they'll be fine long-term. I think the first few weeks might be a little rough, and you may be able to buy low. But, I mean, I think once they get AP kind of understanding the system, um, I think they'll also use Peterson such as – I they know he's not a dynamic back anymore, but they know he's not going to make mistakes – and they know he's going to get you positive yardage. That's exactly – that's all they want right now. That is all they want, and Peterson will do that. Um, I think he – once he gets going, once he kind of gets comfortable with the offense, um, will help sustain those drives. But I think potentially those first two weeks might be a little slow um, with the Titans offense as a whole. And then once they get going, I think, you know, um, A.J. Brown will be fine. Julio will be a nice wide receiver two to three if he's healthy. Um Peterson will probably be the lead back, but Evans and McNichols are, you know, going to have some, you know, receiving work, you know, somebody's going to step up. Um, wouldn't be surprised if you look at the tight ends. Um, there's somebody on that team somewhere who's going to step up um, young or old and they're ready for the opportunity. And, um, you know, I'm just hoping that right now, I guess AJ Brown benefits the most. Dude, you are not kidding. These first two weeks, I mean, I don't know if you – did you even know who their opponents are? For the yeah, the, the Rams and Saints. Um, yeah, that's gonna I want to add real quick, and this is gross, and this is laughable to me, and I don't know how this is possible, but Ryan, Handel's, Ryan Tannehill right now is still the QB 11 on the year. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That is and crazy to me. I don't know. I'm trying to find play action stats right now, but I know Tannehill was number one last year in – in terms of his play, success off of play action. So he's a quarterback that has benefited greatly from Derrick Henry. And you know, that play action looking, if you look at the Titans schedule ahead, they may struggle until they get to the bye. The next three of their four games are disgusting. They're <laughs> at the Rams and then they can go back home and face the uh, saints. 
And then they get like a bye week with the Texans, you know, not, not really a bye week, but an in, an in division game, which is always a tough game. And then they go to new England and then they have their bye. That is a rough stretch to figure out who you are without Derrick Henry. Yeah. You ain't kidding about that, but kind of like you said, these first two weeks are going to be tough. I think Adrian Peterson, though, is going to do a fine job filling in. He's probably going to be one of those back end, fill it in as a flex guy, kind of for some of these contenders who's lost some of these major pieces along the way as far as players just getting hurt, going to IR. Uh, I wasn't sure if you're aware, Darrington Evans, he went to IR for a second time, so he's officially out for the rest of the season. So it's looks like it's either going to be Adrian Peterson or Jeremy McNichols in the backfield for the most yeah, part. Yeah, I believe they have Dontre, Dontre Hilliard as well, but uh, it's gotcha. an unfortunate time for Evans to to hit IR because he's he a lot of people liked him. He was hurt coming into the year, but a lot of people were, you know, kind of hyped on on his change of pace mm-hmm. abilities. And obviously he'd have a shot at a bigger role now. But yeah. Uh AJ Brown though, I mean, I don't know. Dude's good. I mean, we saw that last week once Derrick Henry was playing hurt that he was starting to get force-fed. I mean, there's going to be nothing else to do because it looks like Julio Jones still dealing with a hamstring injury. I'm not sure what the timetable is on that, but I know those are always very easy to re-aggravate and get knocked out of a game real quick again. I mean, we were talking about a receiver in the group chat the other day, started playing immediately, messed up his hamstring again, looked like. Um, oh, Kadarius Tony, that's who it was. So, I mean, it's just – it's one of those things. It's either A.J. Brown is going to keep moving this offense with Tannehill for the first couple of weeks, or you're going to see them plummet when it comes to their scoring because they were doing super well. They were actually six – yeah, six in the league at scoring, but it's just not going to happen if A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill cannot keep this team going. So, I just want to add that Ryan Tannehill is averaging – a let's see 10.2 yards per attempt off of play action versus 6.6 with no play action he does have a slightly better completion percentage with no play action but his pff offensive grade on play action is 94 no play action is 78 so obviously a pretty big difference there and like you said that schedule is not going to do him any favors and if Julio is not back anytime soon. Uh, I'm a little worried about Tannehill, and I think A.J. Brown produces enough big plays. He'll be fine. Maybe it's not what you are accustomed to seeing the last few weeks. I think he'll mostly be fine, but I do worry about Tannehill. I don't know if you want to start him these next few weeks unless you you have to. So. Uh, Let's talk about another offense that is going through some transition, and that's the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, Jameis Winston, uh, unfortunately, tore his ACL. He's going to miss the remainder of the season. Trevor Simeon stepped in in relief and played okay. I mean, they they ended up winning, but we've seen Trevor Simeon before. Uh, I know that Taysom Hill is working his way back from injury, so it's going to be Simeon until Taysom Hill can return. I believe they said um, Taysom is um, unfortunately, in my opinion, on his way to start this week. 
Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I believe I saw a um, Sean Payton, long story short, Taysom Hill should be good to go this week. Yep, he says he's on schedule actually to be available this week against the Falcons. So yeah. that concussion, he's looking like he's finally going to be coming back from it. So the offense will try and stay dynamic with him and Kamara back in the backfield, working it out. Um, Michael Thomas, it sounds like it's going to continue missing because he missed most of last week because people were expecting him back then. So I don't think it's going to be anytime soon he's coming back for this next game. So it looks like it's just going to be Taysom Hill, uh, Kamara, and then one of those different receivers. looks like Callaway or Traquan has been mostly the, the guys they've been looking for. But – I haven't really seen anything just super interesting. It's been always boom or bust. It seems like every time I'm trying to pick who to play. So I want to talk about Kamara because I know a lot of people are freaking out about Kamara um, with Taysom Hill. Um, and, I mean, I guess there's, you know, there's going to be a drop off a little bit, um, but I want to go back. We had a stretch last year where Kamara was the, obviously the running back with Taysom Hill. And People want to like mention like oh like he killed his value. Um, that is slightly exaggerated because of that Denver game, um, where he had six point two points, but that was simply because they didn't have to face a quarterback and they were up the entire game, so they just ran the ball because they knew the offense, the opposing offense wouldn't move the ball. So if you throw that out, Kamara's games with Taysom Hill were ten point five, seventeen point seven, twenty two point four, and eighteen point four. Still. High-end RB1. Um, I'm not worried about Alvin Kamara. Um, it, it seems like anytime there's a new quarterback who steps in the Saints offense, there's this narrative that RIP Alvin Kamara, and it never happens. Um, and until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. Um, he's played with like seven different quarterbacks since he got in um, New Orleans. Um, not really, obviously, just Teddy, um, Drew, and then obviously Jameis and uh, – Taysom, but he's been fine through all. Um, there's always games where he gets targeted more and there's games where he gets targeted less. It just happens. I wouldn't worry about it, in my opinion. Andrew, you're on mute. Gosh, dang it. I mean, Kamara is also a dynamic athlete as well. Since they brought Mark Ingram back, in the, he can sit there in the backfield. You can actually flex Kamara out into the slots. So, I mean, the offense will get created. It's Sean Payton. This dude – comes up with yeah. something every single week to make the offense run. I mean, he did the onside kick in the Super Bowl, which people still remember. Like, they'll find ways to move and get along just fine, even though they're missing some of their best guys right now, it seems like. Well, I wanted to mention, I think potentially, um, Mark Ingram being back is a good thing for Kamara because he's saving him from those inside, like, a B gap tack like runs where they you know get three or four yards to set up like the Camara play. Um mm. that's what they did with Ingram last week. He played 29% of snaps. He knows the offense. I mean, don't don't piss around. He he's in shape and he knows the offense. That's probably his role is you know 20 somewhere between 25 and 40% of snaps. Um I think if he sees upwards of 40, that means you know they're just flexing out Camara wide. Um he only had six carries last week. And he obviously had, you know, the two targets with the two receptions. So he was minimally involved. He was involved as much as he always was before he left when Kamara took over. And I think that's going to continue. Um, there'll be weeks where he gets a touchdown or vultures one, and that'll be annoying. Um, but I don't think you need to be worried about Kamara. And I also think 
the narrative that the Saints are not going to be able to make Michael Thomas a viable pass catcher is false. Because I say that because I think the Saints have been running the ball so much because they don't have a wide receiver that is good at football. You know, like not somebody they can trust. I think once they get Michael Thomas back on the field, you know, hey, like we got Michael Thomas back on the field. We're going to throw more. And I think that'll open up the offense. So I'm not really worried about Michael Thomas when he comes back. It's just we don't know when that is either. I mean, it wouldn't take much for them to start throwing more. You've got Kamara leading the team with 37 targets, 33 targets. And then, uh, correction, Deontay Harris was the guy I was thinking of earlier with 23 targets. Yeah, and I want to talk about Thomas too because last year um, when he had Taysom Hill as the starting quarterback, this is what Michael Thomas put up. Um, 10.1, and then if you count out the 4.7 for the uh, Denver game or whatever, um, 19.4, 19.5, and 16.4. What so, was the targets in those games? Um, 6, 7, 12, 6, 11, and 8. I mean, that's money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not like – he's going to be fine when he comes back. His best game was against the Eagles where he had all – he caught all eight targets for 84 yards, um, 10.2 a target. Um, he's going to be fine, man. It's just you don't know when he's coming back. What do we think of Taysom Hill's fantasy value? Obviously, he's a big rushing threat in this offense, and you imagine that they're going to run heavily with Kamara and a lot of design runs for Taysom as well. What are we? Are you starting him in a two quarterback league? Or yeah, I think you have to because I mean, like when he was out, he was pretty. I mean, when he was out there, he was pretty good for fantasy. 24, 17, 27, and 22. Um, so, I mean, he was pretty good uh, for fantasy when he was starting. Um, he's annoying. Um, nobody likes him on the field, even when he is throwing Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, just because you never know when he's going to steal a touchdown. But it is what it is. Um, yeah, I think he'll be a fine QB2 with some QB1 weeks. I don't think he's a very good quarterback, but um, I think that's kind of where we are. Um and I just really hope Breeze comes back, but I doubt it. Um, I, I say that because, you know, I watch Notre Dame every Saturday. And he he calls every Notre Dame game. And he has talked to recently, like, he's going to get the itch coming back, you know, like, oh, you know. And, and then he even said, like, well, you know, if there was an opportunity, you know, like, I wouldn't say no, we got to talk. And then even Sunday night after the James Winston injury, um, if they asked him if he was going to come back or would entertain a comeback, he like, it was really awkward. He like laughed and like checked his phone and goes, well, not that I know of right now. Like, I don't know. There might be some, some bones to that. Um, just keep an eye on it. I don't expect it, but maybe he's just having fun with it. Maybe he's actually seriously contemplating. I mean, they're five and two, all their main weapons right now are either coming back or healthy at the moment, knock on wood. Um, you know, the defense is elite. They just beat Tom Brady without Jameis. I mean, maybe he's like, shit, this is as good of a team as I ever had. What if I do come back? You're not wrong. I was going to say, you're talking about when do we need to know to play Taysom Hill? Like, having that great defense is going to help them. They're going to be sitting there trying to just control the clock, keep the score higher, and just run the ball, which we know. Taysom Hill does a pretty good job running the ball and running – is an easy way to get some fantasy points adding up quickly. So viable quarterback too, but always just 
check your matchup, see what other options you got. Look for potentially a shootout. If you got a quarterback, that's going to be a more of a shootout situation if you're betting on the upside anyway. And if the Saints make the playoffs, Sean Payton's got to be one of the favorites for coach of the year, right? Yeah, I mean, oh, absolutely. And that's the thing is they're five and two, they're second in their division, and they look good. Um, I don't know how you're not excited if you're a Saints fan um, with the overall coaching job that they've done this year. Um, they do have a tough schedule coming up. Actually, no, they don't. I'm lying. <laughs> Atlanta, Tennessee, Philadelphia. <laughs> so that's pretty cupcake games right there. Uh, I expect them to win all three of those. Well, maybe not the Titans game. We'll see. Um, like we just talked about, you don't really know what that Titans offense is going to look like. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see both of these offenses. And I don't know, this Taysom Hill situation might suit the Saints well with their defense and and Sean Payton and um, still having a competent backup in Trevor Simeon. That's right. He's a backup. He's not starting for this. Wasn't he on the Broncos um, for a little bit? Unfortunately, he was. But he was. That's why he Chad was, is so aggressive that he's a backup. Yeah, yeah. if you haven't watched him he's definitely a backup but he's a great for uh you know a seventh round pick really uh really tells you a lot about the broncos quarterback situation anyways uh gonna be really interesting to see those offenses but let's talk about some players who have struggled to live up to expectations whether you know how how high those were or a lot of people projected these players as breakout candidates and some guys that we really liked here on this show that, that haven't uh, exactly delivered for various reasons, you know, partially maybe health or just situation, but I want to get our thoughts on if you should buy, sell, or hold these players. And obviously we talk a lot about, you know, buying and selling and we stress it on this show. It always comes down to value, right? So, um, that's that's fair it's not a cop-out to say you know buy or sell depending on value because that's the most important thing and these players aren't living up to expectations so the market may not be there on them but i want to know if you guys are trying to sell them or if you're just holding uh or if they're worth going out and buying so i'm going to start with antonio gibson and i will just say like I just bought him in a dynasty league, which I'm semi rebuilding in. So for me, if you're kind of rebuilding, I think he's a buy, but if you, I, I could see, I mean, this team's what two and six coming up on their bye week. I think there's a decent chance they end up shutting him down in a little bit. I've, I've dealt with stress fractures and they ruined my back for, I played football on them and they ruined my back for life basically. And I can't imagine it is good for him to be playing with stress fractures. So I would not be surprised if they eventually shut him down this year. So I think the season is kind of getting away from him in a hurry, but I think if you're rebuilding, uh, he's a great buy low right now. So let's start with you first on this one, Sam, are you, what do you think buy, sell or hold? Um, I probably wouldn't do anything. Um, Unless, the only way I'm selling is if I get like a similar believed to be talent. Um, I kind of felt like Antonio Gibson's hype got way overblown this year. This top five stuff was laughable. Um, I, I think people just like assumed that JD McKissick would like not be on the field. Um, right. 
it, that's whatever. I, I don't think Antonio Gibson, he's looked like just a guy this year. Um, he's not been very good. He's been not very dynamic. Um, but you have to wonder, you have to assume a lot of that, if not all of it, the injury. I mean, stretch factors hurt like a, they hurt. Um, I, I would, in redraft, I would, I would sell him. If I could, like you said, his season's getting away from him pretty quickly. Dynasty, I don't think you're worried too much. I mean, he's still a pretty like dynamic athlete. Um, you know, he hadn't looked good this year, but probably just injury. Um, you know, and the only way you're selling is if you're getting somebody. This trade happened in my dynasty, my main dynasty league, like six months ago. Um, and now I'm curious. I I I'm curious to see where you guys think it is now. Um Travis Etienne and what appears to be pretty much locked in top three 2022 first round pick or Antonio Gibson. Superflex or uh, two QB. Wait, it's Etienne and the first? Yeah, or Gibson. Oh, that for sure. I don't even like Etienne. I don't, but that a top three Superflex pick is plus. Pretty viable to the guy who's rebuilding with Burrow and Lawrence. <laughs> so I, I just was curious. Like when I made it at the time, I was like, damn, like give me that Gibson all day. But like since, mm-hmm. you know, things have transpired and maybe, I, you know, I think it's like balanced back. I was just curious. I could see either side of it. I mean, I love yeah, the upside. I, I mean, my rankings, I've got ETN down at, so I think receiver uh, running back 24, 25. So, like, I don't see a super high ceiling, but that 103 does seem very tempting since I know most of these upcoming guys where they could end up. Yeah. But, I mean, Gibson's a super elite talent. I mean, personally, if I have him, I'm pretty much holding him in most of them unless I can find someone who's willing to pay to still that top six, top eight running back type belief. I mean, before these past three weeks when he really dipped, I mean, he got 13 targets. McKissick had 18 at for the first five weeks and since he's been super hurt trying to play through this McKissick has uh, exploded for another 24 targets and you've seen Gibson just kind of phased out since they're trying to ease up on him um Swift or Gibson in Dynasty Swift Swift without the injury concerns I guess um Gibson or Dobbins Mm. probably Dobbins for me but I I like yeah I love Dobbins interesting I'm just curious I mean like Antonio Gibson has definitely lost some value this year just I still think he deserves to be in that young like elite young RB tier um he you know just hadn't looked good this year um you know like I said just I think it's mostly injury and I mean JD McKissick is a free agent after this year and there's, I mean, they could obviously utilize him as a three down back. I mean, we always talk about like the Christian McCaffrey role since he was very lightly comped to him coming out. And I think Ron Rivera made that comment. I think Gibson is one of the only players in the league that has that CMC type upside. If he ever like really reaches his ceiling and obviously that's, you know, he has a long ways to go for that. I'm not, making that comparison but i think he does have that upside i i like swift because 
He's getting it done on a bad team. He's reminds me a bit of Alvin Kamara. I just think he would benefit from being in a good offense, but he gets it done in a bad offense as well. I think he's a little safer, but I think Gibson is a good target for if you own somebody like Dalvin cook or like, you know, some of these like top tier running backs, if you're, you know, if you're looking to kind of rebuild trading, like cook for Gibson plus is a home run, honestly. And that's essentially what I did. So that's kind of where I'm at on Gibson, but let's jump over to chase Claypool. Um, unfortunately, Matt's not here to defend his boy. So we will start with you, Andrew, buy, sell or hold for Claypool. I mean, I'm still buying because that quarterback situation has got to get better next year is what the hope is for me. Um, I mean, he just – he hasn't lived up to it as much as we had hoped. The production and just hasn't quite been there. But, I mean, all the talent in the world still there. We just need somebody who can get the ball to him in a better, effective way. Deontay Johnson looks like it's for sure going to be the guy scoring the most points this year. So, I mean, just buy and hope you're – in a rebuild or you're retooling maybe for 2022, it doesn't have to be a full rebuild to go get Claypool. You know how fantasy people are. We get super in the moments. Like what have you done for me lately? Claypool could probably be gotten from a contender or from a contender for a couple pieces where that would make them easier to win this year. If you do it right. I mean, heck, even if you want to buy Claypool for a mid 22 first, if you can get it at this point, I think I'd prefer Claypool over all the incoming freshmen, all incoming rookie receivers. Interesting. That's uh, that's interesting to me because there are some good prospects coming in this year, and you're you're obviously the Devi guy, so that's uh, that's a big that's a lot of praise for Claypool. I think. Um, yeah, and I personally am probably holding. Um, you know, in Dynasty, he's probably still valued as such, um, especially people own and probably love him. So you probably can't buy. I mean, you can always ask. Um, I expect the offense to be better in the future. Um, he has regressed personally. Um, you know, I don't know what that may be the cause of. Um, hopefully he gets it right. Uh, I've watched his whole college career and watched him develop. So I'm pretty confident he will, but you never know. Um, just little things. Um, uh, but that's the whole totally beside the point. Um I'm holding, I'm not selling. Um, I'm not worried really at all. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I am is, I mean, I think he's too good to freak out. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, if I'm rebuilding, he's definitely somebody I'm looking to buy. If I'm, you know, if I own him, I'm, I'm holding for sure. I'm not selling low on him because I mean, Ben Roethlisberger has been just so bad and, and I love Deontay Johnson. Chase Claypool is the more overall, you know, gifted wide receiver, but Ben Roethlisberger right now and Deontay Johnson are suited better together because Ben just doesn't push it down the field right now. So he's just peppering, you know, Deontay with, with targets more so underneath, but I do think Claypool uh, is somebody you're going to want to invest in, in the long run. So um, another receiver who I, I don't know if he's necessarily disappointed that much, but he's been battling um, some injury issues and, and he's kind of finally gotten healthy and we saw some flashes last week, but I think his value has dipped a little bit and that's T Higgins. So uh, Sam, what are you, what are you doing with T Higgins buy, sell or hold? 
Um, well, I was selling like six months ago um, because there were still people who thought he was like a top five wide receiver, top 10 dynasty wide receiver. And that was just a joke. Um, I mean, people got to get the numbers out of their head when they realize that there's generational talent walking through the door. Um, you're probably still not buying because people probably still think he's some superstar alpha talent. Um, he's a really good football player, um, but he's the two. Um, and he's going to be a two in fantasy. He's going to be a wide receiver two. Um, he'll have some decent weeks, but he'll be like what Jarvis Landry was supposed to be to uh, OBJ. Um, a really good football player. Um, you start in your flex wide receiver three spot and you get wide receiver two, wide receiver three numbers. Um, I think you can blame the injury all you want, but when he's looked at when he's he's been all, he's been pretty good on the field. It's just the volume's not there because, well, they have a superstar on the other side. Um, I mean, if you look at his most recent performances, he's 13, 13, 7, 10, and then, that, you know, he got hurt. And then before that, was 16, 15. He's done – he hasn't been a bust, but he's been like – he has not done anything for you this year to make you think, shit, this guy's a viable asset, um, like with high upside. Um, he's a really good football player. Um, he'll be a, a wide receiver too. Um, good flex. Um, if you could sell him for Michael Pittman at this point, um, I think it's pretty clear who the better player is. Um, I think, you know, you get the alpha on one team or the beta on the other. Um, I would probably sell if I had any T Higgins shares, because there's still a lot of people out there, you know, wide receiver one, top 15. And I just don't think that's the case. So I would capitalize because, you know, a lot of times when you have a, a prospect who came out as good analytically as T Higgins, Twitter does a very good job at floating his value higher and longer than it should. So you can take advantage longer. And that's probably what I would be doing here. See, I'm going to, sorry, Andrew, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in here though. Cause I disagree on, you said the volume's not there, but he's getting a higher target share than Jamar chase. And I think in my opinion, he's still being utilized very similarly to what he was last year. It's just that Chase is getting like the downfield targets, like the more valuable targets. So uh, I'm not saying that he hasn't been hurt by Chase, but he's still getting, I mean, you look at the, he had 15 targets. Uh, sorry, I'm looking at yeah, two weeks ago, targets two weeks ago. Right. Um, he has, you know, a game with 10 targets. So I think he's, fine in the volume and that's why actually i kind of was trying to sell him and in, in one place that i own him and people can i, I interrupt you real quick sure um yeah. i went back and watched the last two Bengals games all 22 six of his targets i charted his throwaways that he was in the vicinity of those weren't his targets like when when player gets a target and they the ball is thrown away it's just because like he's the closest wide receiver and you know like i said so i you know, he, he may be getting real targets, too, and I, I know he is, but he's also getting, you know, the benefactor of, you know, hey, like, threw it out. Oh, who's in the nearest area? Oh, T. Higgins. Um, That's fair. I, I will say uh, I think he's just missed out on, you know, last week he had 97, and he had that crazy catch near the goal line. I mean, yeah. if it's a few inches further, he, he, he has six more points there. And then the week before, I know – I saw one downfield catch was wiped off for 
a penalty and I saw Burrow miss him in the end zone once. I just think, but again, it all goes back to value, right? I think you're right, Sam. Like if people are willing to move like Pittman for him or like still have this thought of him being like a dynasty stud, then I agree. My league that I do own him in, what I've found is people just cooled on him the moment they heard Chase was going to go there. And even before I tried to sell him before the draft and and people knew, but you know, now even I think I value him higher than a lot of my league mates because they just see like his fantasy point totals and, and just don't think it's good enough. And I've seen, you know, I think there's enough there for them both to, to be productive and for him to be like a, a wide receiver two, three kind of guy. Oh, absolutely. I just think, you know, based on the general consensus and what you see, I think he seems to be currently a little overvalued, which is why I'm selling. I think he's still a really good football player. Yep. I mean, you've made kind of all the points for me. T. Higgins is a receiver two, receiver three kind of guy. Uh, I mean, his value for sure, back when it was top 12, like I didn't have any shares and I was sad because I wanted to to sell as many as possible to get some more draft capital. But, I mean, at this point – I feel like people kind of have buyer's remorse on it. So it's going to be kind of hard to acquire. So I'm just going to hold off. If I have Higgins, I just ride it out. But most places I don't, and I'm not going to go look to um, buy either. Yeah. I think it's very situational. Like if you're a champion, like if you're a contender and I think he's like the perfect, like wide receiver three to go win a title, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think he's perfect for that, but yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not just trying to buy him on all my leagues just for, you know, whatever, whatever I have to pay. So I think it just comes down to value, but would you, I assume you would also take Pittman over Higgins. Yes. Um, how about a guy? Let me pull up a few names here and see what about um, Debo Samuel or T Higgins. Probably Samuel, just because it looks like he has a better shot being fed more targets and being the feature one. Yeah, this is pretty simple, in my opinion. Give me the one on his team instead of the two on his. What about Cortland Sutton? I don't know if we know who the one is in Denver right now. That one's a little closer. Give me Higgins. Higgins Because I don't trust the Broncos to figure out the quarterback position, and I'd rather have the two of Burrow than the one of Teddy. Yeah, I think that's what you're going to basically say too, Andrew, and that was kind of my thought as well. And I think Judy's really good. So, um, all right, let's go ahead and move on. Dying Chad's background again. Yeah, so I live (laughs) up the street from a fire station. It's crazy. All right. Uh, Well, those were the sirens for LaVisca Chenault's season because it is uh, pretty ugly for him. So, Andrew, what are you buy, selling, or holding? Uh, I mean, I want to buy. I really do because, I mean, if the coaching change happens, looks like DJ Shark may may not get re-signed. It depends on how the team feels. But trying to say, hey, you're injured, let's, let's work out a, a sweet, cheap contract to build your value up, maybe. I mean, talent's there, but – Situation sucks, but I probably would still buy just hoping for a better 2022. What do you think, Sam? Um, 
I'm selling. Um, and I say that because early in the season, I watched some of the Jaguars first games and I flipped on the L22 and he looked pathetic. Um, LaVisca looked pathetic and I came out and tweeted it and Matt crucified me for it, telling me he didn't know what I was talking about. And since then, LaVisca has only gotten worse. Um, I don't think he looks good. Um, I think he's regressed drastically. Uh, I don't think Urban trusts him. Um, I, I don't want to say like full on board panic, but like I'd probably be selling if I could like recoup some value um, like with draft capital. Like I'm not panic selling. I'm going to make it some stupid trade. I just don't think he's looked good. Um, you know, it's, it's so like with him, it's so much little things. Like there's so many little things going on that I just don't like. Um, you know, it's just the way like he's MAing all over the field and you, when you watch it, he's missing his blocks, not giving effort, um, blatant drops. Um, I just don't think Trevor throws to him because he doesn't trust him. Um, you know, he had that one game with 10 targets. Um, and then since then, I mean, really it's been, I mean, the crazy part is he's been on the field for 70% of the snaps. Like he's on the field. He just doesn't get the ball. I just don't think they trust him. Um, he hasn't looked good. Um, he's only broken 10 PPR points twice. Um, and one of that was, um, week one on his like long reception and then he did nothing the rest of the game. Um, I don't know. He's not getting any air yards either. Um, I mean, 19, 44, 30, 19, 39, 28. I mean, it's not what you want to see. Um, there's nothing to me that has shown, Oh, okay. He's going to turn this around. Um, I would probably sell for a second round pick and just try again next year. That's what he was. Um, and you're hoping you can get someone like him again, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to say, Sam. I would, I would trade him for like a second, but uh, I wouldn't just give him away. What You got something else for us, Andrew? I don't, see, I don't know if I would sell, though, because he's literally right behind Marvin Jones Jr. in yardage. They've gotten only eight passing touchdowns all season. And again, eight. They literally are averaging one a game, which is just absolutely brutal. I could just see this coaching staff just getting booted after a season saying, look, this isn't it. We're not going to waste our one-on-one talent with Trevor Lawrence and just things turn around a lot next year. For a second, like, what are you hoping to recoup? Like, the risk is much greater that you're going to land a bust. For example, my – boy, Amon Ross St. Brown, who probably is not going to ever be fantasy relevant, but. Well, you get another shot at it, right? You get another shot at one of those guys. That's the whole theory is LaVisca was a second round pick in 2020 and he was all right. He, you know, I thought the hype kind of. It got up there. It it got way up there and it was way over deserved, which is, you know, there's still some people who still think like that value is up there. So that's why I'm still selling is if you can sell, you know, to somebody like I still think a second is a little cheap. Obviously, like yeah. that's where I would, you know, like I would negotiate and get a second plus. But I'm saying like if you just want to make it easy, like a second is probably fine. That's what he was. Um, I, I just say... I don't like anything that I've seen um, outside of Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Um, I thought I think all the play from everybody not named Trevor has been bad. And I think that just starts from the coaching staff down. Um, maybe, you know, in year three, he gets a shot with a new coach, but I mean, are you really like looking forward to a third year player with a new coach on this third year? That's not my guy to use him properly. I don't know. I just, yeah. And I think, 
I watched him just up the road in Boulder and I I think watching him now, he's just a lot slower than I thought. And he, he didn't run very well at the combine and that really hurt him. Uh, but you know, he was dealing with an injury. So I kind of just let that go. And I thought he showed flashes, um, his rookie year of where I thought he, you know, he was faster, but I don't see it this year. And last week, I mean, just in terms of turning it around this year, I, Last week, he played less snaps, ran less routes, and saw less targets than Jamal Agnew. Um, I mean, Jamal Agnew was exclusively special teamer not that long ago, and he's basically passing this guy. And I don't know. It just doesn't seem like they're... Austin, who's also passed him in the depth chart, too. There you go. His... Yeah, and he's he's not playing in the slot anymore. It seems like I didn't watch this team closely last week, but it seems like Agnew's playing out of the slot, and and Visca's not. And I think even with Shark's injury, I would like to see him play both in the slot and outside, not really just one or the other. I like I like to see them move him around a bit more, but they just don't seem committed to him. Fair enough. I will say though, like for a second, no, I know, I know you said y'all would negotiate and try and get more, but. I could see if you can add a second with Chenault to bump it up to a first. The receivers in this next class, I could see ravel that. It would be worth a shot to rotate, hope for a better situation. And almost any player in 2023 right now is worth a gamble. So, I, I mean, the yeah. last guy we just talked about was T. Higgins. I got him in the second round of a rookie draft. That's why I still have him. Like, good guys like that in the second round. I'm not saying there's, you know – I know the talent pool varies and, and stuff, and you have a good pulse on the receivers coming in this next year. But I just think it's always worth – I mean, you can take shots on second-rounders, and I like I like just stacking seconds. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I would negotiate for more. Like, you could give him in a second for a one. I like that a lot, but I think where his value is at, I would, I would take probably like a mid-second. Um, what about Allen Robinson? Uh, He's, I mean, you don't feel comfortable playing him right now, right? Especially, you know, if you're a contender. So what are you doing with him? Um, I think I'm selling unless I'm like, I, I'm probably selling. And I say that because he's 28 years old. Yeah, he'll probably move somewhere next year and get an, uh, an uptick. Um, but even if you're a contender, is he helping you? No. Um if you're rebuilding, you don't want him, obviously. Um, so uh, I, I don't know. I don't. There's not really a place for him right now. Like he looks so, he's so in between. Like he's such a good football player, and he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. But like you don't trust him. I mean, like Justin Fields can't get him the football. So I don't really know how you feel like going forward. Like yeah, maybe he gets you know traded or you know does a sign and trade with the Patriots or something. But even then, like what would you be buying him for or selling him for that would make you feel comfortable? I just, well, I bought him in that same one that I told you about with Gibson and it's, it's kind of a unique circumstance. I, I won the league back to back years this year. I just had like really bad luck. So I decided to flip some of my older assets and try to, you know, turn around and compete again next year. But I traded, I traded Keenan Allen, Dalvin cook, and Brandon Bolden for Gibson, Robinson, Shark, Kadarius, Tony, and OJ Howard. And so like, that's where, you know, I think Gibson, Robinson, Shark 
all those guys value could shoot up a ton next year. And then I also got a young guy in Tony. Oh, I see you got the list of these players. Jeez, that trade. You want to see how you did on that trade? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, <God>, your ass. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Say that. What do you mean? You're, you, you, the trade you just listed off is half of the players in the the list that we're going through. So I was making a joke that you just want to oh, see how you did in the trade. Just get just Gibson and just Gibson and Robinson. Yeah, that's I really I mean, just give want... a twenty-one or twenty-three first away for him, and then argue that it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's really what this whole uh, whole thing is about. I I make the show sheet, um, you know, just for the the listeners' reference. So it's all about just reviewing my rosters, basically. Um, <laughs> that makes it interesting. I mean, I remember y'all talked about it last week with Robinson and Tony in the uh, listener mailbag episode. I believe that was last week. Yeah. And, I yeah. mean, it's a gamble. I mean, Robinson, yeah, okay, he could be a free agent next year, but, I mean, so was Kenny Galladay, and I was kind of excited about that until the Giants were the ones who picked him up. So, I mean, yeah, there's a few landing spots where it could be good. There's a lot of landing spots where it could be just the same or worse. Where do you see him going that his value gets like the uptick back to where it was? I don't think that uh, place it goes back up to where it was. Yeah, that's that's probably true. But there Maybe are New England. New England would be good. Um, I could, yeah. If Mac takes the next step, I mean, I would assume he feeds him the most. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few spots. Uh, he, well, not Houston, but um, I'm just scrolling down the list here. Philly could be one. Um, I can't imagine that that's where he'd want to go. Fair. Probably wants to go away. Indy. Indy. Him and Pittman both. Mm. Jacksonville. Yeah, I doubt he's going back there. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going down the list here. No, but I, I mean, like, Buffalo, a lot of enticing teams, and he's 28 compared to these guys coming in that are 19, 20, 21. You know, and we're seeing players break out so quickly that there's going to be a handful of players in this 2022 class who become stars day one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're taking that risk. Obviously, anytime you trade one of those picks away for a player. I mean, you could have the Packers if Devontae Adams moves on. That could be a spot. The Lions really could use anybody at this point. I know Cephas got hurt, and, I mean, Raymond was supposed to be cup, but that's not really going to be a thing. Yeah, yeah I don't and, see him – like, I don't see Falcons, him being – The Falcons could be a decent spot. I mean, even if – like, I think there's a good chance he's just like – uh you know, like a really good number two on another team. I mean, obviously everybody throws out the chiefs, but like, you know, even like Buffalo, um, I mean, I think Emmanuel Sanders just on a one-year deal, like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think he probably wants to win. He's fed up in bad organizations. He wants to go to a good organization. I could definitely see him being a number two somewhere, but again, it all comes down to cost, right? Like I'm not throwing out, I'm not, trading a first round pick for him of course uh but we because we saw that on the internet right people bragging about 
getting him for a first round pick. But anyways, yeah. point is it's all about cost. I think if you can get him cheap enough for, cause the contenders not, if you're trying to win this year, you, you know, a lot of contenders are going to be like, just give me somebody, you know, that I can play this year. Um, like Emmanuel Sanders producing a ton this year, him and, you know, a late pick next year, get a guy like Allen Robinson for that. Like, I think that's what you got to be trying to do. Um, Miles Sanders, let's start with you, Sam, since he was your, your, uh, one of your guys this year. Um, well, I kind of feel like this year is a kind of a waste. I mean, he's going on IR and, um, he'll be back and then, you know, the buy and stuff. So I don't think that this year's gone to plan. I think, you know, depends on the cost. Maybe you're buying, um, I don't know. It depends on really on where people in your league have him. Um, it was clear that he was Philadelphia's workhorse and he never came off the field. The problem is they didn't use him. Then last week they decided to run the football and of course he's not on the field. So I think it's really frustrating. Um, I don't know. I just kind of feel like you're holding because um, that's kind of the situation you're at with him is, you know, the snaps and the potential volumes there. It's just, he hasn't been on the field and, the Seagull team's not very good overall. Um, this year, I don't know how much value he's going to have. I think long-term, maybe he'll be fine. But um, I just think he's kind of a frustrating asset because, you know, the team and situation around him is not any good. What do you think, Andrew? Do you agree with Sam? Yeah, I sold. I'm definitely selling. No, I mean, I'll go ahead and say I'm selling the next guy too, just – like I said, re-roll it. You just get younger running backs because both – let's see. Sanders will be a year four running back in a bad situation. Looks like he's going to get some of the work taken now because Gainwell is not going away at this point. I mean, he's just – he's showing too much not to be a change of pace back. And it's not an offense that's going to consistently be at the top scoring. I mean, you're just going to – you're betting on those later touchdowns based off the way coaching has been so far this year. So, Sanders I'm out on. So spoiler alert, I don't just put people that I'm, you know, and that I have acquired and in, in trade in here. I put your guys's uh, guys that have been struggling. I have an out because my guy got hurt. So he, he didn't struggle this Which year. Who was, who, who'd you cop out on? Dobbins. Dobbins was uh, my yeah, guy. Yeah. But well, Sanders was uh, yours. And then the next guy here is CEO. But then my guy got hurt too. Cop out. All right. Boom. I mean, Fair enough. It, no, it, I got hurt. Been fine me. when he gets the ball. Problem is he hadn't gotten the ball. Yeah. Uh, uh, CEH is, was Andrew's guy. So I'm curious. I, I know you said you'd sell Andrew. Um, I guess I'm kind of curious to know from you guys, which one of these two you'd rather have. Uh, CEH cause he's younger and I think the cheese might turn it around a little bit better. So I'd, I still have CEH actually ranked above Sanders by a decent margin, which I got to go update that with the recent Derek Kinnery news uh, looks like. But, yeah, CEH, I would still take over just because of the age, and I trust the offense a little bit more. But at this point in time, it's just that team seems like a little bit of a mess as well. There's guys coming up in the next two drafts I can I can see more hope for. So, I mean, if you want to re-roll that and try and see if you can get a 23 first, that's fine. If you want to try and get a guy like Elijah Mitchell, which is looking fantastic, plus some. For CEH, I understand it. It's a good run scheme you're swapping yourself into. 
And thankfully, CH still carries that name value, whereas Mitchell is only starting to show up and starting to become very desirable. Um, Clyde. Um, boy, I don't know. I, you know, I know they won last night, but my big takeaway was, wow, it's a really bad Chiefs team. Um, yeah, I'm sure he'll be all right when he comes back. He'll probably never reach that RB1 value that people believed. Um, I don't even know when his timetable is to come back. Um, I think 2021 is kind of lost unless you get in the playoffs, then you'll, you know, maybe have him as a flex piece in the playoffs. Um, and, and dynasty, it depends on what people want for him. Like, are you moving a first round pick this year or in 2023 for Clyde? No, I'm not. I don't think he's looked good either. That's the other thing. Like, I just don't think he looked, good when he was on the field andrew Crickets over there you're first uh, i said i'm selling if i can get a first so okay i'm so, not buying oh for you're not pick. buying him for a first rounder so Ooh. wow that's interesting yeah would you buy him for two second rounders that's a mid and a late second sure i don't know just two second rounders any year any place just two i would I would probably do that, yeah. I'll do that because I mean, running backs way too shallow. Sell for two second rounders. No, no. So I'd rather just keep the running first. Okay. I was, but, I'm just kind of curious and kind of trying to see, like, I guess, like maybe where his baseline value is in in the general consensus. Which I think maybe you're on the right track. That's a good. That's a good question, but you didn't you didn't answer mine. Would you rather have Sanders or Ceh at this point? Uh, Probably Sanders <laughs> because I think he's the better football player. And um, I mean, I, they're not going to move him. Um, they don't have no reason to trade him. But if they did trade him, his usage can't be any worse than it is in Philadelphia. So that'd be good. Um, yeah, I think that he can he, go to the Patriots and that'll always be a mess. Except yeah, for Miles Sanders has looked good when he's gotten the ball and he's still gashing the defense. They just don't give him the ball. I don't know how hard it is to give your best player the football, but that's it's whatever. Um, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. I would probably still think Sanders, but I think it's close. I think that's kind of where we are with these two guys. Yeah, I agree. I would prefer Sanders. Just I just like the uh, the player better. I don't think Ceh has looked very good. The last guy I got on the list here is Brandon Ayuk. We talked about him a little bit, uh, Andrew. I don't. I guess, what do you think? You weren't here when we talked about him, but what are you trying to do with him right now? I mean, it's an interesting situation. So, like, a couple weeks back, I traded Zach Moss for Brandon Ayuk in a mid-second, and I'm still okay with that. I mean, I think he's in the doghouse for a little bit, but Samuel just recently had a hamstring issue pop up. So, I think there's enough time to where if he pops any and I'm still scared of the situation, like he flashes just briefly, you can still sell it and get a little bit more value back. But, I mean, as low as he's fallen for most people, I don't see a reason why not to try and buy. You're not going to send any more than maybe your RB6 or something like that or a small side player plus a third or something. So, he's a first-round talent. I'm willing to bet on that more than I am most of those – bench clogger type positions um i guess personally 
I'm gonna buy. And I say that with hesitation, but that's because the numbers in the past few weeks have backed me up. Um, he's went up from 68% of snaps to 72 to 90. Um, this past week, he ran his second most routes um, with 25 compared um, to the weeks before 16, 21, 26, uh, hold on, I guess third most routes. Um, he has most targets last week with seven. Obviously, he had the four receptions in the 45 yards, which is fine. But he had 67 air yards as well. Um, and you just mentioned Debo's hurt. And um, Kittle's coming back soon, too. So I think, you know, a combination of, like, you know, Kittle come back, open up the offense, you know, maybe Debo being a little banged up. Um, and um, Brandon, obviously, is starting to get some of the opportunity as of late. Um, maybe, you know, he's starting to come up on the uphill. Um I say buy, but it depends on the cost. If the guy wants a one, take a hike. Um, if he wants a two, it depends if you how much you believe in him and if you're contending. Um, so I would buy, but it depends on the cost, I guess, because I, I like the numbers that I've seen, and he hasn't been horrible. Jimmy G, G has missed him a few times on, um, you know, some uh, – past concepts and some routes or even just some MAs. So I'm not too worried long-term. I just think, you know, maybe you still got a few more weeks of frustration, but like I said, it depends on the cost. Yeah. I was going to make the same points about his usage last, last week, especially, but the last couple, go ahead, Andrew. I was just going to say like, you said, if you're contending, yeah, that's the type of picks you do want to trade for a first round talent. Cause it's not often you get the option of a first round receiver coming up that late, like they're in the team plans. If they stay in the good graces, you can get something. Uh, if he ends up getting a little bit more work, his fantasy playoff schedule is not too bad. I mean, you've got the Atlanta Falcons week 15, and Titans week 16, which could be a mystery at that point. Houston week 17, and then uh, hopefully not playing week 18, that's the Rams. And those are always, always tough matchups. Yep. I'm with you guys on that. Brandon, I, you get them. For cheap, if you can, but um, really good discussion on these buy sell holds. That's going to do it though for this week. Um, again, just you know, as a if you're rebuilding, like go throw out some just even like low ball offers for some of these guys and just see because some contenders out there just can't wait to move on from Allen Robinson and get a piece that'll help them or you know. It, Claypool for a, a piece that can help him, you know, win in the playoffs and down the stretch. So as we near the uh, your your fantasy trade deadlines, these are kind of some of the guys that you're going to want to look at and see if they're worth uh, trading a future pick for, or you know, kind of just a, a, a an older guy that's you know kind of on his last leg. So. With that, though, head on over to patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts. Check out our database, uh, the NFL dashboard. Our, you know, my weekly review comes out on Mondays. We got waiver wire articles. We got Thursday night previews. We got DFS, art DFS articles. We've really got it all um, every day. So head on over to Patreon, check it out, and we'll see you next week on the Fantasy Scouts podcast where we bring you inside info you won't get anywhere else.